Everything you do is for one of two reasons. And that's it. Nothing else. One of two reasons. This is Alger Podcast, episode number 19. You can find more info and other podcasts on my website, which is algercoaching.com. That's A-L-G-E-R, algercoaching.com. Thanks for listening and welcome back. On this episode, I want to talk about our responses to life, career, family, fun, hate, all that stuff, right? Um, because it all boils down to one of two reasons, one of two reasons. We'll get to that in a minute. First, I want to tell you, I want to set this up, kind of tell you a story. It's a little bit bleak, but there's a, there's some silver lining <laughs> to this. So when my wife and I were in our early twenties, we lived on a big farm, big cattle ranch, rice farm. Um, at the time that we lived there, it was the poorest that we, we'd ever been, poorest I've ever been in my life. I mean, and, and at the same time, I, I don't think I ever worked harder. Um, we, you know, to get to my house, it was, it was a two and a half mile drive down a dirt road to get there. And we, of course, rented it because it was, it was inexpensive. We knew somebody uh, that rented it to us. It was, you know, a, a great setup when you were there. Lo- I loved being there. There was so much about it that I really liked. Um, but the bottom line is that we were out there because we didn't have a lot. I mean, we didn't have an extra $5 to spend. Uh, we were we were tight on our budget. We were young trying to figure it all out. I mean, it, we were so <laughs> we were so broke. I often, like I would see people, I don't know if you remember the Saturns back in the day, but I'd see people driving a Saturn and I wondered what it would be like to just have a normal car <laughs> that I could, I could be in. Um, we had a Christmas one time where our budget or what we had to spend on our two very small kids was 12 bucks. That's how much we spent on our kids for Christmas. Felt so guilty about that, uh, for some reason, you know, and like I said, I've, I've always had a, a very strong work ethic, never been afraid to, to work. Ne- you know, I, I, when I was out there, I was raising, um, livestock, uh, raised our own pork, um, raised some beef, you know, did all, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I was working constantly, had a side business and a full-time job. Um, you know, so it, it wasn't about work, but it was quite a few years of no real reward besides more work and more financial issues, right? I'm getting to a point. So hang, <laughs> hang in there. Uh, I did get a break and I landed a, a job that paid more than just, you know, just covering the bills. So I got real lucky, uh, and found a place that I could I could call home for for a number of years that got us ahead, and eventually was able to buy buy a home uh, with that job, you know. But I said all of that because that experience set the tone for a fear I had of being poor again, of of, of not having enough. I I mean I just never wanted to be as poor as I was there. You know, it was a single wide mobile home in the middle of this 2000 acre ranch, beautiful ranch. Um, very, very inconvenient. We had to open and close a cattle gate every time we came and went. Um, you know, it was, you know, like I said, it was, it was great that we lived there cause we were, we were able to afford something. Um, but at the time, no, it, it felt like no matter how hard I worked, I just couldn't get ahead, and it, it it and it really just etched into me how bad things could be. And I also knew there were plenty of people in this world that had life a lot worse than I did, right? And so, 
and I knew how difficult it was to work my way out of that. I mean, I, I remember one time my truck broke down and I couldn't afford to fix it. And I borrowed somebody else's truck to get back and forth to work. And that truck broke down. So now I had to pay to fix two trucks. And it just one thing after another, after another. The problem was it etched a fear in me of being poor, which is a great motivator, right? It's not the greatest motivator, but that gets me to the point because you see, every single thing that we do in life is for one of two reasons. And that's it. One of two reasons. It's very simple. It's either fear or it's love, passion, right? So every single thing that we do is out of fear or passion, everything. Now, I worked really, really hard for a number of years because I was fearful of being poor again. It took me a long time to realize that you can work out of passion also. Um, but I didn't realize for a long time that I, that, that I, was, I was working as hard as I was just because of what that set up for me, of having to, to be in a place that I didn't have $5 left over um, at the end of paying bills to, to, you know, to do anything with, you know, working out of fear also can lead like to anxiety and, you know, things like that, just because you're always thinking about what you could lose. You're always thinking about what you can lose instead of coming from a place of abundance. Um, I stumbled across something called soul purpose, talked about this before, and I'll talk about it again, because it's so powerful. And your sole purpose can be found by just imagining that you've won the lottery. You got a billion dollars in the bank. You got enough money for you, your grandkids, your, you know, your grandkids, grandkids, probably if you, if you handle it right, um, you're going to go on vacations. You're going to buy cool houses. You're going to, you know, buy a house for your mom and a car and, you know, do all those types of things. Right. And usually that's where we stop thinking about the lottery. You know, if we, if, if only I had this much money, this is what I would do. Usually we stop thinking about it at that point. What's great is that, that we can think is to think about it beyond that. So eventually your life is going to settle into a routine after the cars, after the vacations, after all that, what are you going to do with your time that adds value to others? And what are you going to do with your time that adds value to yourself? Right. And, and it's a scarcity or abundance mindset, you know, moving back to the sole purpose real quick. The answer to that question, what are you going to do with your time? That's, that's your sole purpose. That's the stuff that gives you passion and love and, and you know, all that, all that type of stuff in your life. However, if you're walking through life afraid of what you might lose, if you're walking through life in a scarcity mindset, it's, it, it, it's easy to put yourself into a victim mentality and it's easy to miss opportunities. And I, I learned this from, from an author named uh, Garrett Gunderson. He wrote a book called Killing Sacred Cows, and he talked a lot about the scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. A brilliant work. You know, it's a, it's a finance book, but it, it's such a mindset book. And your mind, I mean, whatever you think is what you do. Um, we've talked about this often in that, that whether you're leading your family or leading your church or leading your uh, at work or wh whatever the case is, um, you got to lead yourself well in order to lead other people well, because leadership is just influence. And if you're not leading yourself well, then you'll be, you'll become exhausted. Now, viewing the world in an abundance mindset takes a little bit of, a little bit of work. You know, Robert Kiyosaki said that 
um, in, in his, in his book, uh, rich dad, poor dad. If you haven't read that, get it today. It's amazing. Um, he said, instead of saying, I can't afford it, say, how can I afford it? Translated instead of saying, no, I can't do that. How can I do that? And then you, you begin to position yourself mentally into a position of control as opposed to a position of, of powerless, uh, uh, victim mentality. Oh, I don't have the money for that. Well, how can I get the money for it? How can I afford to do this? You know, I learned to work out of passion through coaching other people. Um, some time ago, I quit my corporate job. I worked for many years to become a high-level manager, and I quit the job because I wanted to be an executive coach. I wanted to work with people one-on-one. I wanted to work with groups of people on more than just how to do the work. I wanted to work with them on exactly what we're talking about right now, an abundance mindset. Because, um, you know, Sun Tzu in The Art of War said, if I know the enemy and I know myself, I need not fear the outcome of a hundred battles. The more we know about ourselves, as opposed to turning a blind eye to our weaknesses, overstating our, our strengths, the more we know about ourselves and the more we know about other people, the better we can we can be. So I wanted to do this on a day-to-day basis because I saw the impact. I got to do it inside of my my leadership job at the in the corporate world, and I saw the impact that it had on people, saw the impact that it had on their families when they would grow this way. And so I wanted to do this more. So I quit my job, right? So I worked for many years to get into a position uh, where I was paid well, had a lot of perks, um, you know, worked for a good company, had a good job, and had wonderful people that I worked around. But out of passion, I wanted to do more coaching, right? So I, I quit my job. I start in the first two weeks that I was that I was working as an executive coach, I worked every single minute of every single day from the time I woke up until I went to bed. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that kind of work ethic as long as it doesn't take away from your family and you have balance in your life, but there's seasons in life where you need to work more than, than others. And I don't have a problem with that at all. The problem I have is I realized towards the end of that two weeks, I was not working out of passion anymore. I was working out of fear. I started to be afraid that I wasn't going to be able to make a good enough living. And so I was pouring myself into this out of fear. I got there because of passion. But when I got there, I started to be afraid that I wasn't going to be able to do it. So I remembered what Gary Gunderson said. I remembered what Robert Kiyosaki said. And I calmed myself down and started to focus on why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I love it. I'm doing it because I want to be a part of other people's success. I want to be in the room when I see the light bulb go off in people's minds. I want to see their success. I want to hear, hey, you know, not only am I better uh, leader, not only am I better at this and better, at, you know, I'm a better father, I'm a better mother. Uh, better friend, all those things. You know, I want to be in the room with those types of things. I get, I get a, a huge charge out of that, and and I quickly went from passion to fear. Right. So the point being, if everything we do is out of one of two things, either fear or passion, um, we can correct, we can recorrect, we can re- redirect ourselves when we're work operating out of fear. 
by just breaking things down and finding out why, what am I worried about? What am I thinking about? Well, in my situation, it was real simple. Back to Robert Kiyosaki said, how can I afford it instead of I can't afford it? Um, I just thought, okay, well, I'm here because of passion. I have a plan and I'm going to follow the plan. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it doesn't work, it's not going to be because I didn't try every single thing that I could to, to get it going. Um, but while I work through this, I'm going to work through this with excitement and anticipation of great things that are going to come. I do not want to work because of fear of what might happen. You know, Laird Hamilton is a famous uh, big wave surfer in, in Maui. Uh, surf jaws stuff that, that uh, it's big gigantic wave scary wave um, many many surfers will never will surf their whole lives and never ever surf in waves as big as what jaws brings and Laird Hamilton has been out there for for decades surfing that and one of my favorite quotes from Laird Hamilton he said I refuse to live my life because of what might happen you know and you think about that he's out there in 30, 40 foot waves, sometimes bigger. So you got the, the, the water itself. And if you've ever, I, you know, I, I, I was a surfer at, at one time, the biggest wave I ever got into was about 10, 12 feet at 10 and 12 feet. You can feel the noise, not to mention how loud it is. It is incredibly intimidating. I don't even know, can't even comprehend what it would be like to be in a 35, 40 foot wave, what that would sound like and feel like. I've just seen videos of it. So this guy's out there you know, dealing with the force and the power that comes behind um, a 35, 40 foot wave, right? And let me give you a little bit of an example. When I was first learning how to surf, my son and I were surfing little three footers, longboard stuff. It was, it was super fun. Had a great time. We learned and, uh, you know, tr- understood the, the sort of unspoken rules of surfing, all that kind of stuff. And we got good at the three foot stuff. And so one day that our normal uh, spot that we were surfing at, was big for that, for that area, which ended up being about six feet, right? So double the height. I thought, yeah, no big deal. Double the height, double the, the strength of the wave. I think we're ready for that. <laughs> was I ever wrong? Uh, my son and I were absolutely pummeled, uh, tr- just trying to paddle out. It was not double the force. I don't know what it was. Somebody out there probably knows it was way more than double the force. It was it, it, for us, at our skill level at that time, just paddling out in six feet took more energy, more time, more concentration. I know at one point my son ended up just getting pummeled into the rocks and ripped his wetsuit. And I mean, we went home, you know, we learned a lot that day. Let's say (laughs) we learned a lot. It was a fun day. It was a scary day, but we learned a lot. Um, I can't imagine Laird Hamilton in, in, you know, 35 and 40 foot waves and what that would feel like. I can't imagine, you know, people are, oh, anytime people talk about surfing, they always, oh, no, I want to go in the ocean because of sharks. Well, guess what? Other people's surfboards are more dangerous than sharks. Um, they hurt more people every year than sharks. Not to mention when you're dropping in on the face of something that's 30 or 40 feet high or higher. Um, and when that wave curls over you uh, is is intense. Um, I mean, those guys are are world-class, world-class athletes, world-class. So this guy refuses, refuses to live his life based on what might happen, which is exactly what we're talking about. He's not out there thinking about what he might lose. If he was, he would, he couldn't, you couldn't be out there. 
You couldn't be out there. Laird Hamilton is in no way is he surfing these waves, thinking about the possibility of sharks, thinking about the possibility of getting crushed at the bottom of the ocean, thinking about, you know, hitting his head on his board, knocking himself out and drowning. Like he's not thinking about those things. And my guess is he got there by pushing those thoughts out of his mind because it is one of two things. You're doing what you do because you love it or you're doing what you do because you're afraid. And we can control that. We don't even have to change what we do. We just have to change our mindset on that. You know, I, I realized, you know, back to my corporate job, I realized I was saving money. Be, you know, I never even lived according to my, uh, what I made because I, I saved so much money, right? So I was saving money for my retirement. And the, and the reason I was saving money for my retirement was because I was afraid. I was afraid of, of getting old and not having enough money, right? And it's, hey, look, saving for retirement obviously is the smart thing to do. So I'm not, I'm not at all suggesting not to have a plan for your retirement. The problem is, is I was saving money for my retirement out of fear, not passion, not abundance. I was saving money for my retirement um, because I was afraid. And then I realized uh, right before I quit, this is one of the, 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 deci- the deciding factors for me to quit my job. There were many factors, but this is one of them. Um, I realized I don't want to retire. Like I've been saving out of fear that I might not have enough money when I'm old. And then it, it occurred to me that I don't want to retire. Like, how did I not know? How did I not know that? I don't want to retire. Maybe, you know, I want to scale back. I'd like to have more freedom in my life. I want the opportunity to do more things that I want to do. And I can, I get to do those things when I, when I think of life and I act in life through abundance as opposed to, to scarcity. Um, I don't want to look through, through life in fear. I don't want to operate. Um, I don't want to go to a job. I don't want to wake up in the morning, um, go through the same routine every morning, drive the same routine every morning to, to work, do the same job over and over and over, do that for 35 years then retire. And maybe I do, maybe I don't have enough money. Like, I don't, I don't want to live a life like that. I'll do all of those things, but I want to do it out of passion. I want to do it because I'm excited to go where I'm going. I don't want to do it because I feel like the world forces me to be in that position. Right. And all of our lives are, are, are like this. You know, I, I, I remember, uh, getting a phone call from, from a customer. I worked in the pest control industry, right? And I remember getting a phone call from, uh, it was actually, it wasn't a customer from a guy who had inherited, um, a warehouse from his, his father or grandfather, something like that. And he had found a bunch of pesticides in a, in a freezer in there, right? In this that belonged to the company that I worked for right now in this organization in, in the pest control world, uh, this can be a pretty scary thing because you're, you're potentially on the hook for whatever it costs to, to clean that up and should be, you know. Um, and so I went out and grabbed, once it went, you know, I got his address where he was at, all that kind of stuff, and told him I'd come out and, and remove it for him. And I grabbed a supervisor to come and help me. And so we're driving out to this location. And on the drive out there, he was complaining about, ah, it's always something. It's always something. It's always something to do. You always got something to do. Now that's one one way of looking at that. Another way, if you're working for the corporate in the corporate world, hey, when a problem like this comes up that is going to be on everybody's radar, this is also an opportunity. 
you can you can handle this so well. Um, not only are you helping you know the environment, but you're also making sure that your uh, your company isn't on the hook for potentially tens of thousands of dollars for for cleanup. Um, I saw it as an opportunity. I saw it as an opportunity to shine in that particular situation. Now, other other situations, I, I viewed the world uh, through fear. Um, but in this situation, I thought of, of we can handle this in such a way that our employer is going to be very happy with how we handled it. And, it, you know, just two different ways of looking at things. So often we live our lives out of fear, but nothing needs to change other than our mindset. We don't need to change jobs in order to have passion. We just need to change our outlook. I mean, I'm not saying there's no point that, that, uh, that we shouldn't change jobs because there are bad places to work. There's good places to work. And if you work in a, in a place that, um, that you dread, uh, you know, it's not an IQ test. If you hate your job, quit. Um, be somewhere where you can be passionate and do the things that, you know, the things that you love because uh, people want to follow others who are on the journey of passion. People want to follow people that they can buy into that have something that maybe they don't have. And if you have an abundance mindset, if you have a passion mindset instead of that fear mindset, you are going to be a naturally good leader. But it takes time and effort. If uh, and 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 you'll you'll go. You know, for me, I've gone back and forth on this. Right, there are certain things that I just naturally have no problem just moving forward with passion and just knowing that great things are going to come and just being really excited about it. But there are other things and other times where it's, it's a little bit more difficult for me. I have to work on not being fearful in this, going out on my own, starting my own business for that two week period of time. I had to, I had to reset. I had to remind myself I did this because I love doing this and I am not going to do this and then switch my mindset to fear. I'm going to remember um, what Robert Kiyosaki said. I'm going to remember what Garrett Gunderson said. And I want to live in a life of abundance. So, hey, thank you so much for listening to Alger Podcast. Uh, you can get more info and future podcasts uh, at my website, which is algercoaching.com. That's A-L-G-E-R, algercoaching.com. 